Yeah! Boy, Mom sure will be happy you won $50. You'd think that, wouldn't you? But you see, Lisa, your mother has this crazy idea that gambling is wrong, even though they say it's okay in the Bible. Really? Where? Uh, somewhere in the back. The point is, we had a great time today. And to keep it that way, let's not tell your mother about our little wager, okay? Okay, Dad. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons quotes that nobody gets anymore, Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. We still haven't recovered from a Harry Shearer interview. No, we're still we? coming down on a high. And thank you so much for the response that that has, that you guys have given us. Like, yeah. it, it really went well, that interview, as as well it should. I mean, it's Harry fucking Shearer. And it got us a lot of new listeners, I think, because a lot of people, we had a lot of responses saying, didn't expect much from you guys because mm. of all the shit posting you put on your Facebook page. Yeah. I expected you guys to be really lame. Yeah, but no, it was Poindexters, actually... I think, were the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you guys were actually really professional. I was like, damn straight. Yeah, well, fucking oath we are. Yeah, <laughs> we are the best, <laughs> according to iTunes anyway, aren't we? We finally came up number one in iTunes when you searched Simpsons. It was yes. very exciting. Uh, today, we're here to review Lisa the Greek. But before we get into the review, going back and watching it, were you excited? I was not at all. I just remember as a kid, I didn't really find this interesting. I think it's be- the same with a lot of Lisa-based episodes as a kid. Didn't really enjoy them. Yeah, okay. But I was surprised how much I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, no, I, I did enjoy it. I was... But I, I would struggle to put my finger on why. I just knew that it was going to be a good episode to watch again. I think it's because Homer and Lisa episodes are great because they're so opposite. So mm. with this one, they found a mutual, something they liked, a mutual interest. Yeah. Which is something I don't think we've seen yet in this no, series. No, not really. So far, we've seen Homer desperately trying to go along with things that Lisa likes to make her happy or you know, buy her a pony that he can't afford or go to the museum. Uh, and hate it the whole way through. Whereas, yeah. yeah, this this time, even though it begins with Lisa going, oh, Pretending. Like she's, she's not at all interested in football to begin with, but then, yeah, they do develop this thing that she's equally excited about as he is. I think all the characters were very well written as well, except for Marge. In the first half of the episode, I felt like she was written very dumb and naive. Like when she's shopping for Bart and she opens up the door and lets everyone look at him in his underwear, <laughs> which is, oh, Bart's um, modelling his new clothes to his friends, and then there's bullies shaking the car, and I'm like... They just went more. It was more of broad strokes. Mother, like dumb, sat, dumb housewife. Comedy. Dumb housewife. I don't know about dumb housewife. More out of touch generation, oblivious to what kids are going to want to wear. That and the fact that she just leaves what leaves Bart in the car with bullies. Yeah, but she doesn't know they're bullying him. They would have been all sweet to her face, yeah, and then once true. she gets inside, that's when it gets. Rough. Anyway, that, that's just a, an opinion I yeah. had. Anyway, just but I mean, I, the, but I, I feel like that is true. You saying. Whenever you got clothes at Christmas or something like that from an older auntie, and you'd look at these things and it'd be like some striped polo shirt or something. It's like, oh, you look so smart in that. You're like, I can't wear that in front of anybody that I know. (laughs) I used to hate getting, I still hate getting clothes. My mum's improved. My mum used to be shocking at picking Mm. clothes that I would like. They weren't terrible, but they just weren't what I would buy if I went out to the shop to buy clothes myself. Now, she's, she's awesome. She just rocks up. She goes, hey, I bought you this jumper. I bought you these pants, these jeans. I'm like, awesome. I think it's because I appreciate money now. So, yeah. I know what goes into it. So, I'm like, I don't have to spend money anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. True. Yeah. <laughs> I hate spending money on clothes. What was your clothes brand that you liked when you were a kid? For some reason, I was no rules. Remember the kid with the big oh, eye? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> or no fear. Was it no fear? No rules. Something like that. Mommy, I think it was no, no fear. fear. Yeah, no, no fear. fear. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I was never a mumbo kid. Someone tried to buy me a mumbo t-shirt once and it just <laughs> didn't suit me. Um, I, I, I think in general, I went just plain clothes. I wasn't too... I, I mostly was just wearing Australian cricket polos. Like that, that was me pretty happy. Just to be wearing something that sports people that I admired would be wearing. What was your first geek like, pop culture shirt? Ooh. Can you remember? Um, or item of clothing at all, whether it's underwear or anything? I do remember the first one that I ever bought. Oh, well, I remember um, dressing up as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a lot, even like when it wasn't dress-up days, to go to kindergarten. Yeah. Um, so, like, I would have green tracksuit pants on and a green jumper, and I'm sure there were a few days where I tied a laundry basket to my back, and that was my <laughs> shell. That's awesome. Does that count? Yeah. Creativity. Yeah. I uh, I'm trying to envision this little child lugging around a washing basket. <laughs> it wasn't comfortable. It was really hard to sit down in. I remember getting a dinosaurs jumper. No, not the mama. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yep. getting that. And my mum knitted me a Blinky Bill jumper, which she still kept. Knit? Yeah, knitted. That's so cool. It's so awesome. It's just, yeah, it's the most retro thing you'll ever see. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into uh, Lisa the Greek with a few facts. Also, before, actually before that, I just want to mention, I really dug... The uh, the scenes at Mo in this Mo's in this episode, yeah. To me, they were my favorite parts in the whole episode. I love the whew, what a gambler. Yeah, that is my favorite scene in the whole episode. Yeah, it's 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 the line that takes the cake. Yeah, it's just great. What do you uh, got writing on this game, my daughter? What a gambler. <laughs> it's so good. He just holds him with so much reverence yeah. over it. <laughs> I know it's great. I think maybe why I also liked it more as an adult is that I now bet on football. I yeah, now appreciate okay. that side of the of the story, the yeah. whole gambling piss take. Yeah. yeah. You do gamble much on sport? Uh, a little bits here and there. Like, you know... Um, Every week you text me saying, oh, he fucked up my quintet or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've, uh, that's like a $3 multi-bet that I put down. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not out, um, you know, rolling through fun coupons down at the TAB. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just little bits to keep myself in- interested in games that I otherwise couldn't care about. Yeah. Uh, well, a few facts. According to Al Jean, this episode was designed to satirize the, satirize the staff members' love affair with gambling, particularly mm. on football. Uh, Jake Hogan and Wally Wolodarski, is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce it? They wrote the episode. Apparently, him or them, Al Jean, George Meyer, Sam Simon, and James L. Brooks were all frequent gamblers. Mm. I didn't picture James Brooks being a frequent gambler. Well, you know, it's it's uh, the dark window into people's lives <laughs> that you don't often see. <laughs> In the scene where Homer makes Lisa sit at the end... Of the couch, he said, and she sort of sighs and he says, "Oh, you're gonna. I can't hear the TV because of you." Yardley Smith has said that she felt during the uh, the table read mm. that the car said that's too harsh from home. They don't they don't like it, but they left it in anyway. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I felt that too when I was watching. I thought, "Oh, that's a bit mean." Mm. Yeah, like making her move over and over and over. I thought, eh, I don't know. I feel like dramatically, maybe part of that though was to you create that gap. So then when you bridge that gap, and they they're sitting next to each other or he's like, you know, he's bouncing her up on the knee and they're celebrating together and then that gives that moment more power. And I bet it just seems like a bit too excessive. Like, he wouldn't mm. make her sit at the other end of the couch and don't say another word or no, something. No, he, prob- he wouldn't. But I feel like it's it's probably like a retrospective thing where they've oh, already yeah. written that other scene and maybe, maybe when they're going through the storyboards and the animation or whatever it is that without... Like, they might have had her just initially sitting there and then they're bouncing up and down and like, mm, it doesn't quite look the same. So, then they go back and change what's come before it to have what they have to... You know what I mean? Like, it's not... I don't understand why they yeah. did it. It just seemed a bit it's out of character. It's not linear writing and that's why it would be a bit out of character. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the episode... I thought this was really interesting, actually. The episode aired only a few days before Super Bowl twenty six, mm-hmm. and it correctly predicted the Washington Redskins winning. Yes. And then the next year, they changed it and redubbed it to the Dallas Cowboys, who also won. Also won. 
I think it's it's correctly predicted like six or seven um, consecutive winners or something it's like just, that. It's just, it's amazing. And little tidbit there is that Al Jean had always bet against whatever Lisa's yeah. prediction was. So, he just kept losing. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you were telling me you had a fact. What was your fact? Well, so the title of the episode, Lisa the Greek, this is um, something that would be lost on a lot of Australians, but it's yeah. a reference to a guy named Jimmy Snyder, who's a sports commentator in the States, nicknamed Jimmy the Greek. Ah, okay. Um, so, Jimmy would appear in the NFL broadcasts and, you know, predict the results of that week's NFL games, which... He was already famous in gambling circles, and his rough charm kind of made him a minor celebrity. So, he was really the guy that brought the idea of gambling into mainstream television sports and broadcasting like it and i mean to the god the saturation of it today you can't watch something without going 10 minutes without hearing the odds of what's going to happen um but yeah he was the guy that really kicked off that whole thing uh there's a good little tidbit here from his autobiography that i liked uh in 1948 he bet ten thousand dollars us on the election between thomas thomas dewey and harry s truman getting 17 to 1 for truman to win in a later interview he indicated that he knew truman going was going to win because dewey had a mustache and quote American women didn't trust a man with a mustache. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. So, he's virtually what Lisa was in this episode. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's like, you know what? I was thinking of Lisa as being a little bit like um, Sam Rothstein from Casino. Yeah. Um, Robert De Niro's yep. character that, you know, she's finding out that the the things that no one else would see is what she sees. Like, look at the fear in his eyes and all that sort of stuff. And that's what she's basing her betting on. Also, this is one of Dan Castellanata's favorite episodes along with Lisa's Substitute. From season two, obviously. And mm-hmm. Yardley Smith received a primetime Emmy Award for outstanding voiceover performance in 1992 for her performance in this episode. Yep. Okay, so the original air date was January 23rd, 1992. Apparently, there's no chalkboard gag, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. I, I never look at those things because I I know that you're going to do it, but I think it did skip yeah. straight to the... It was one of those ones where they shortened the title sequence. Well, I, I, I usually write it at the time and I thought I'll just get it off wiki and then it didn't have it on wiki and I was like, eh, maybe it didn't have it. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it just ran a little bit long. Anyway, so the episode kicks off with the show Inside Football Today, which is going to bring you six hours of footy action. Can we say footy or football? We'll football. football. Yeah. Of In foot- Australia, it would be yeah, footy. Yeah, footy, yeah. Oh. Of football action. Now, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I was thinking about something on the way over here. Um, you, you reminded me with Australians saying footy and shorting it, shortening everything. Yeah. You know how, and this, I just wanted to do like a public service announcement to all of our American friends that are listening, because whenever an American's talking about Australians and they try to say Aussie, they kind of come out with Aussie, and it always sounds a little bit uncomfortable for them. And I think that I, f- I finally figured out why that happens, because they look at how it's spelt, A-U-S-S-I-E. So, if you're in America and you're trying to say Aussie the way we say Aussie, just go like Aussie Osborne, O-double-Z-Y, or if you're shortening Aussie, if you're shortening the first name, Osborne. That's how it works. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So say, Aussie, I, I digress. Like, like for wrestling fans out there, Chris Jericho's band's called Fozzie. So the or next, Fozzie Bear. Yeah. So the next time you hear someone fuck it up, just point out, no, no. It's Aussie. Yeah. It's Aussie. Aussie. <laughs> With an O. Yes. Anyway, um, six hours of action, which is exactly what we're pre- prepared for after this podcast today. Yeah, We've got, you're looking forward to it, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> this is going to be fantastic. We've got Cavs versus Golden State, and then in the AFL, the top four teams are all playing against each other later on today. So. I've got a question for you guys when we get to the mailbag too regarding NBA. Mm. So, a little bit of a tease for the mailbag later on. I did like here, when Homer's watching the TV, we get the classic... A uh, visual gag of him just eating all the different foods. Yeah, the over and over and over barbecue again. chips, crunchy corns, uh, salted something or others. I think the pork rinds were in there. The dip as yeah. well. Um, it's it's the perfect gif, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know what it reminded me of? What's that? Uh, Hugh Jackman in Swordfish when he's working the six months. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a man who's in his element. It's like this is what I was built to do. Yeah, yeah. 
And so Marge is a little bit concerned because Homer's eating all this. Uh, Homer says, I'm fine. My heart's fine. Shows the yeah. clog in his heart. Yeah. I love his, the way he comes at, uh, overcomes that. My heart is just fine. <gasps> a little beer will put out that fire. Homer then is obviously watching TV and we've got Jimmy Apollo, who's the Jimmy the Greek. Is mm. that what he was referred well, to? Well, yeah, th- yeah. So as much as the titles are play on Jimmy the Greek and then Jimmy Apollo was also a play on Jimmy who's the Greek. Who's voiced by Phil Hartman, the yes. late, great Phil Hartman. Smooth Jimmy Apollo. So Mo is the bookie of Springfield, apparently. Now, I don't understand, why is it illegal for Mo to be doing it? Like, is, Was there legal forms of gambling in America back then? I don't... I've, I I've never understood the so. whole illegal side of gambling. Like, why would you just... Why oh, would you just bet via sports bet or something? Because I'm pretty sure in the States, I don't know what it's like now, but I, certainly in the early 90s, that I think gambling is legal in some states and not ah, others. Ah, okay. Because um, we can just bet on whatever we want in Australia. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, anyone that wants to open a casino can, but casinos, you can, uh, we're only legal in certain states, which is why it's mostly Atlanta and Vegas, are the two that are known for it. It might have been different... Back in the 90s, though, because I can't recall my dad ever betting on football. Yeah, yeah, or, or, possibly. I've got I, I, no idea. Because when we were kids, you, I don't remember anyone saying, the odds for this week's game are this. You should be betting. That just wasn't a thing. Yeah. I reckon maybe the last five years it's become a big thing in Australia. Yeah, massively so. so but um, that's you know another good thing for people. To, like This is where the Australian perspective sometimes lets us down. I have no idea what your laws are like yeah. over in that topsy-turvy land that you call <laughs> the United States. Um, but right in. like Why... why is gambling still seen as such a massive taboo over there? Yeah. So Homer bets on Denver, because that's what Jimmy told him to bet on. Mm-hmm. Mo. Now, this is great. his luck of the week. Yes. And then I love that uh, Wiggum is resting his drink on Mo's black book. Yeah. <laughs> where he's right now. He's using it as a coaster. Yeah, yeah. Calls him HS for gambling. I like everyone's got their little yeah. slang. Sort of like a tease for later on when Lisa says, it's LS calling yeah. for HS. It's just really funny. <laughs> so it cuts back to Homer. I notice here that most of his treats have suddenly disappeared. Oh, I didn't... Maybe it was just the animators got lazy. Like, we can't be fucked wrong more again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, we've had enough of that. Uh, and New England score and convert a touchdown within 13 yeah. seconds of play, <laughs> which I really like. I love Homer's acting, or Dan's acting a little bit later on, when he's like, why would you do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. Lisa then interrupts to show up her homemade Malibu Stacey house. Homer's ignoring her for good reason. This is before IQ. You couldn't pause live television. Mm. Why would you fucking walk in and just start interrupting? She's like, a little girl. She's eight. I know, but it's annoying. He's watching <laughs> she's the football. Eight years old, <laughs> but she's smart for an eight-year-old. She has manners. Say, at least say, she's still a kid at heart. Get out of the way of the television. I'll be the same. Nicola got in front of me, showing me she some homemade proud. pops. I don't care how proud she was. <laughs> an awful human being. Anyway, so she then goes. Homer pretty much just pushes her aside. Doesn't want to hear about it. Which upsets Lisa. She goes to Marge complaining. I like how Marge was washing Maggie in the sink. Have you ever seen anyone do this before in real life? Um, yeah, I'm assuming it would be convenient, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, for a really little kid, you're not going to put them in the tub. Like, well, you know, that and you're saving water. Giant bath, yeah, you're saving a little water. Yeah, um, Little I'm, water? Yeah. <laughs> Sink them into a bathtub. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure I've seen people wash babies in sinks. Yeah, I've never I, seen I think it. you can even get like these l- tiny little baby baths that you put in a sink. Yeah, okay. I presume. Would you They're wash a- your child in the sink at your house? Uh, hose in the backyard would be <laughs> modus operandi for myself. Get, get one of those seashell pools. Just yeah. chuck them in. <laughs> That's if they've been good. <laughs> sort yourself out. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a scrubbing brush and steel wool. Marjan suggests to Lisa to take an interest in Homer for a change because we've never actually seen Lisa do that. It's always everyone trying to like what Lisa likes mm. and making an effort for Lisa. So it's about time that she was forced to make an effort for somebody else, which mm. she does. 
Uh, oh, I did like Marge's line here. It's a good uh, little sex joke that they sneak in. Some things I'll tell you about when you're older. Yeah, so she pretends to like power tools, car chase movies and things when you're older. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but parent relationship, I'm never old enough to hear what my parents pretended to be interested in in the bedroom for the other one. No, no never. No point in life do I want that conversation. I, I, I never bothered bringing it up, ever. No. Like, you just don't want to conceive it in your head. I, you don't want to think about it. I have four brothers and sisters. I presume my parents have had sex five times in their life. <laughs> And it was all business. <laughs> Lights were off. Yeah. Lights were off. There was no foreplay, no conversation. No music. <laughs> that could be a segment. That time when your parents either said something inappropriate about their sex life or you've uh, caught your parents having sex. That oh, could be- that time that you were halfway in the house and they didn't know you were awake and you yeah. heard them having sex. And there's really? no amount of mental scrubbing that will ever get rid of that, that sound. You? Yeah. Oh, no way. pretty rough. How old were you? 15. Oh, so you knew what was going on too. Stepmother, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, please get this over with. <laughs> did you leave or did you stay there and listen? No, I think I was talking to someone on um on a chat room and uh, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to bail on that. Um <laughs> killed the mood somewhat. <laughs> BRB. <laughs> BRB PHS. <laughs> I was trying to think of something to say. <laughs> oh man, anyway, so uh, Homer's upset at Devin. This is the great acting from Dan here, which is like, what you, what yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those moments where you thought you were a shoe in and it oh, just all goes to shit? And it all goes pear shaped. And you're like, yeah. what, what happened? What happened? That's Geelong in the 2008 grand final. I'm sitting there going, <laughs> we, we were favourites by like $3. What's <laughs> happened? <laughs> uh, anyway, let's not bring that grand final up. <laughs> uh, Lisa suggests they watch it together. Which Homer agrees to, but she doesn't really want to, though. Mm. And we get the... Okay, just don't say anything and sit down over there. Over. 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 Lisa, please, I can't hear the announcer. It's a joke that you would now call a family guy joke. Doing the same thing over and over to the point where it's not really funny and then becomes funny again. Yeah. But like I said, I think this was really harsh. And... I understand why you bring it up, why they put it in there. There's a, a means to it, but they could have found another way. I don't know. Maybe Lisa could have just sat at the end of the couch. I don't know. Homer's also just pit- grumpy at the moment. He's just lost his money. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no I'm not saying it's yeah. wrong. I just thought it could be a better way to, to, to have done it. I did also forgot to mention here that I like that Bart chucked dishes in the sink. <laughs> While Mackie's in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Where else do they go? We don't have a dishwasher. Marge wants to take Bart clothes shopping. And we've already mentioned clothes shopping. Clothes shopping with your mum was never fun. No. No. It went for way longer than it ever needed to. <laughs> I forgot about this little subplot as well. Yeah, man. I, well, well, it's not really a subplot, but I forgot no, about this side this story. Scene, yeah. yeah. Um, that to give him something to do, I guess. I, I love him trying to avoid it. Like, you know, he's there melting the army man. And he's like, what? My clothes are perfectly fine. Yeah. He just turns him around. There's just holes everywhere. Yeah. You can see his undies. Now, Jimmy Apollo, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. Why didn't you say that beforehand? <laughs> now, this is where the, the real piss like, take of like, how sports hosts always suggest different things. Because yeah. this is where you had the, the lock of the week and the... My shoe-in of, of the week. Yeah. <laughs> It's just hilarious. Sorry, I just inadvertently did a really good Paul Riser. Yeah. <laughs> like that was 
We have Frink again with a dodgy equipment that seems to it seems to be a recurring gag here in early seasons of Professor Frink with a new device that doesn't seem to work doesn't like the guy in Willy Wonka. Yeah. It's just it's always the same old thing. I think it was what was the last time? Flaming Moe's. Flaming Moe's, yeah. The, the secret the, ingredient is love. love. Yeah. Who's been screwing with this thing? Then we have Coach's hotline. Uh that like it's talking really, really slow. Now yeah. as a kid, I used to see the, the hotlines fifty per minute or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the hotlines for like PS one cheats and tips and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah. I always wanted to, but I was never game it looked so expensive. Yeah. But I, I can just imagine that they would have talked really slow like this. Or do you think this was really taking the piss out of it? No, Maybe I not think this, they would have talked this slowly. Maybe not this, this slowly, slowly yeah. but wouldn't have been far away from it either. No, yeah, because... Uh, you, you have called the PlayStation 1 hotline. Thank you for your interest in PlayStation. Here at the PlayStation 1 hotline, we're cons- like we're concerned with providing you with the best quality cheats at the lowest possible yeah, price. Yeah, and yeah. just go on for on and on and on and on. Any of you listeners out there, if you ever did get sucked into calling one of those hotlines, let us know. Send us an email. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Discount.com.au. Count. Discount.com.au. At. .au. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, so... Homer then asked for Lisa's pick because he can't be bothered listening to all that. Mm -hmm. That would have cost Homer $10, that phone call alone. Mm. And then uh, he instantly bets $50. I just love how Lisa goes, hmm, this team. $50 on that team then. Doesn't even think about it. Have we ever seen Homer bet before? The game where he's listening to... or The the episode where he's listening to the game in church. Did he have a bet on that game? He must have. Um, Because he was so... Or did he just really want that team to win? I don't know. I'm not sure whether we've seen uh, anyone bet in the Simpsons at all yeah, up I'm to this sure. point. I, oh, have there been references? Was Surely there would have been bet, some betting on the Tatum fight. Ah, uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Well, we get Krusty betting here and this is the first time we get the insight into the Krusty's lifestyle. Yeah, outside and Sideshow Mel, yeah. which I love. So Dude. Krusty's putting on 70 and then you get the slide whistle <laughs> slide whistle from Sideshow Mel. Oh, and put down two grand for Sideshow Mel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bart's not happy clothes shopping with Marge. There's a great line from Marge. You said that she's kind of written out of character and a bit dumb. But she has some yeah. fantastic little, just really funny lines that she's given. And and this had one of them where, like, Bart's like, there's a reason that this stuff's all for sale. It's because if you wear them, you get beaten up. So, mm, well, Bart, anyone that beats you up isn't really your friend. Yeah. <laughs> and I will give it... <laughs> and, like, that's that solves it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will give it the, uh, don't make that face at me. How'd you know? <laughs> that was a good a good visual gag. Um, but besides that, I, d- I just think Marge was just written convenient for the episode. I don't. She's not really this dumb in previous. No, episodes. she's not really that dumb. But it's just or it's na- just naive's funny. more of a word. Not dumb. It, it was yeah. She was more here representing all mother-son relationships. You think? Yes. So it's you- just to represent that disconnect between what a ten-year-old boy thinks is cool and what a thirty-something-year-old woman thinks is cool. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Lisa then realizes that Homer's been gambling. I like her lines. What's more exciting than the savage ballet that is pro football? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also I think it's in that same scene. Homer was like, my God, it's like there's some sort of bond between us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just amazed by it. Homer's metaphor for why gambling's fine is great. Well, you know, you like ice cream, don't you? Uh-huh. And don't you like ice cream better when it's covered with hot fudge and mounds of whipped cream and chopped nuts and all those crumbled up cookie things they mash up? Mmm, crumbled up cookie things. So gambling makes a good thing even better. That's right! I love how quickly he gets lost in his own metaphor. Yeah. To forget what he's talking about in the first place and just start <laughs> drooling over fudge. <laughs> now, this next scene, this kind of bothered me. It's super creepy. The people watching the change rooms. Oh, yeah, I suppose it is, but that's... It's a man watching a young child get changed. Well, yeah, but that's... 
<laughs> These weren't the shoes she sucks she came in yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, the joke is the over-militant policing of stealing $2 socks. I know, but didn't they... Surely at the table read, when they were, if they were worried that Homer was being a bit mean, pushing us down the other end of the couch, surely they would have gone, pedophilia joke. <laughs> yeah, it was a different time in the early 90s. It wasn't, wasn't as out More there. free spirits. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> So we said Marge opens the door on Bart. Bart? In here, Mom. But don't open the... Ah! <laughs> oh, Bart, you could use some new underwear, too. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that stupid kid! Uh, Home then tells Lisa to keep gambling a secret from Marge. I love, Mom's going to be so happy all the money you made. You'd think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the thing of Marge opening the door, I think that's something that store people do a lot anyway. Store like when, people? When they've directed you to a change room. And, like, you've been in there for 15 seconds. You're halfway through getting your original pants off to put new pants on. And you get that little knock on the door. How's everything going? Oh, yeah. I'm fucking half naked. They Go don't away. open the door, though. <laughs> I, I, sometimes. I think I've heard of it happen. Where like, a little... Just a little... They'll crack it open. Everything okay? Really? Mm. That would upset me quite it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> what close doors do you go to? Sexy ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh... When Bart is finally dressed, looked a lot, I don't know, maybe not a lot, but he kind of reminded me of Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Like, not, not without it being a parody or anything of Pee Wee Herman, but that was like a is it because real... because I said pedophilia before, or... Huh? Is it because I said pedophilia <laughs> it's before? to do with pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> this moment between uh, Homer and Lisa, where they've realised that they've got a mutual bond now, like a mutual interest, it's a nice moment for the wrong reasons, but who cares, because gambling is fun. That was my notes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We have another reference to the Bible here. Where mm. I think Homer says that it's says gambling's fine in the Bible or something yeah. like that. Where? Uh, somewhere in the back. That, that's a gag that Simpsons have used quite a bit. Somewhere towards the back. Bart's then modelling off his new clothes to his friends in the car. Like Marge walks in and says that. I don't know. You you didn't mind this scene. I just thought it was stupid. I don't know. It just seems... Why would Marge leave him? I know you said the bullies would be nice, but Bart would have said these are the bullies. No, Mar- she's not going <laughs> to... She's just... Oh, you're just a little boy. They're your friends. Go run off yeah, and play. Yeah. Come back from the commercial. Homer's tucking in Lisa. They've had a nice day. I like his line here because Lisa says she wants to uh, keep watching football next Sunday with Homer. Mm. He says it's good. It gets rid of the horrible aftertaste of church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any jab at the church, the Simpsons will take it. Uh, then he's obviously Homer's tucked her in too tight. So cut to the following Sunday and Homer's about to make a bet and Lisa Based realizes- Based the this interview with a guy. Talking yeah, yeah. about how we're going to come out there and kill him. Yeah, yeah. He just gets sucked right in yeah. and Lisa- They'll lose. Yeah. What? Look at him. He's like, ah, look at the fear in his eyes. He's a little boy lost in a game of men. I bet my entire college fund on him. <laughs> Mo, $23. <laughs> That's a great joke. Now, this is where we had the, uh, she says, one of her reasonings was the Raiders always cheat. That's why she picks the Raiders. Now, was yeah. this a reference to something in real life? I'm not too sure. Wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> I didn't do I don't know enough about early 90s NFL. <laughs> and that would be a very difficult. I'm sure it, it could have just been a joke. Like, I'm sure that. It's like AFL. Any team, your opposition fans are going to accuse them of something. Yeah. I don't think there was any big controversy. There was no deflate gate that I'm aware of floating around through the early 90s. So Lisa then goes to the library and they had the new sign. The new sign's really working. Oh, yeah. It's been a madhouse, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. What Did was we she- get a reference to the gang here? No, I don't think so. No. There's only, no, okay. only one person there. So... Yeah. What was she actually looking up at the library? Pro football stats. Is that what it was? This is what it is. And I this is to write what, it down. <laughs> this is what leads into one of my favourite quotes from the thing, it, it, to show like just how 
she uses all of her intelligence towards it. Um, yeah. It's after uh, Houston have lost, I think, based on, like, who would have thunk it? Like, my daughter, that's who. And then she's like, come on, Dad. Doesn't take a genius to realize that Houston's failed to cover their last 10 outings on away turf the week after scoring more than three touchdowns in a conference game. Like, that is insane anal- analysis going on. Now, see, if a sports commentator, if I watched someone say that on television, I'd go, you're looking too much into it. Yeah. But sometimes you're supposed to. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this case, obviously, it was right. And Homer just doesn't understand it at all. My little mm. girl says the cutest thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, this is where we get the setup for planting the seeds for later in the episode where Homer says Sunday is now daddy-daughter Daddy day. Daddy-daughter day. Yep. So, he's pretty much fucked himself up for when the football season ends because she's going to keep wanting to, wanting to do stuff, but he doesn't. He wants to go bowling instead. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, Homer then goes to collect the cash. I used to hate the smell of your sweaty feet, but now it's the... <laughs> Smell of victory. <laughs> it's a great line for moment. It's just hilarious. Ah, shut up. Yeah. It's, it's short. It's short, but it's just, it's perfect. It's funny. Apparently, this is a reference to Apocalypse Now. Yeah, to an extent. Um, have you not seen Apocalypse Now? No, no. Oh, dear. Just picked up on that from the way you said apparently. Yeah. Uh, it's the most famous quote from Apocalypse Now. It's after they've just torched um, one of the jungles and... Uh, I forget the name of the... Like, I forget the guy's name, but it's Robert Duvall as the character and he's standing there on the beach. It's like, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smells like victory. Okay. Yeah. Know what I've done? Now, this is to appease you and mm. our listeners. I have got a hold of the 150 top movies of all time. I Googled it and I'm going <laughs> to slowly get through every single one of them. Okay. I'm going to vet that list before you do though. Yeah. I want to make sure that there's... Well, do you know what I watched yesterday? The Big Lebowski. Uh, the Big Lebowski. You also told me you're watching Kingpin. I can't imagine that made the hot top 150 movies. No, no, of because all time. I, just, cause I just got heaps of new movies and I put on there and I'm like, I've been told this is funny. So I watch it and I'm like, yeah, it's all right. It's just Woody Harrison. You might have to. Oh, The Kingpin. Yeah, right. Big Lebowski. How did you rate that? Oh, I love that movie. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was great. John Goodman's hilarious. Shut the fuck up. You're out of your element. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. The world does not stop and start at your convenience. Yeah. <laughs> He's done nothing wrong. Bobby Chevy. <laughs> Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. But yeah, that's a great movie. I, I was watching it thinking, how have I not watched this before? I could comfortably turn this into a Big, Lebo- Big Lebowski podcast now. Like, just go, this podcast goes off the rails and all I do is quote that. I want to now live even, my life like Lebowski. I even love Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Even though he doesn't really have any lines, it's just something about the way he delivers them. Yeah. Like, this is a serious problem, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand the, the white Russian story you're yeah, telling yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how it fucked you up. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we'll we'll do we'll start doing movie reviews later on, but um, Peter Lebowski would definitely be one of them. Is in this scene at the bar, there was really slack animation on Barney, where like yeah, you know, a lot of the time when there's background characters, mostly they will do have them doing something, whereas Barney just sat at the bar, completely unanimated, staring, no blinking, nothing, no blinking, no anything, just looking at Homer, and it really made it look like he was trying to sleaze onto him, <laughs> like it was just he had this kind of dopey little expression on his face just staring into his eyes for the entire scene it was about 20 seconds without movement maybe they realised that the the shot was empty they needed something to fill the space yeah, and they possibly. just whacked him in there at the last yeah. minute possibly I don't know it's just an or it's just putting Barney at the bar yeah yeah. where he lives <laughs> he's just part of the set now so Homer's then got all this money now so he takes the family to the Gilded Truffle mm-hmm. now it's always funny when the Simpsons are in a rich setting I wrote that exact same thing. Simpsons going upper class, always hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's because coming from a middle class upbringing, you can relate to the way they react because that's yeah. how my family would react if they were in a scenario like yeah. that. Just the, hello, I'm Homer, I'll be your customer. And yeah. the waiter, never heard that one before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very camp waiter. Would you say he's camp? Yeah, he's pretty camp. Yeah. But I, I just thought this whole scene was just oh, hilarious. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've right here. I hope one of our listeners has done that reading at the reading the wine list at yeah. the restaurant. And if you haven't, someone has to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Would you do it? Uh, Would you be game to go along? That's like a thirty second spiel. Would you be game to go along with the whole thing? Only chop, if chop. the waiter was too full of himself. Like if I was in a if I was in that setting and I felt like the waiter was being a bit douchey, then I might do it. But if the waiter was just a down to earth person, then no, I'd feel like a real asshole. What tip would you give the waiter if they understood the Simpsons reference? Um twenty percent? I'd <laughs> bet my whole college savings on it. <laughs> twenty three dollars then, yeah. <laughs> so it cuts back to uh, Lisa and Homer on the following Sunday. Lisa is now the one making bets as L S. Yep. Another reference to Daddy Daughter Day. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be setting up for later on in the episode. Uh, cuts to Homer and Barney at Moe's, and Barney says, do you want to go bowling? And he says, can't next week. It's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Um, so, we'll go the following Sunday. Well, yeah. that's when my mum comes from Norway, but hey, what the hell? What the hell? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, then it cuts to a good scene at the school. Now, Ralph obviously not drawn the way we expect Ralph to look by this point. He's still a bit yeah, crude. Yeah, a bit off. Yep. The hair, the, it's the hair. The hair looks completely wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've made him as dumb as he became in later seasons either. No, quite yet. yet. He's, he's sort of more gullible than dumb at by yeah. this point. And when the doctor said I didn't have worms anymore, that was the happiest day of my life. Thank you, Ralph. Very graphic. And then Lisa's happiest day of her life. I thought it was going to be when she had the mutual bond with her father, but it was just something that happened during the football game. <laughs> when someone kicked a meaningless field goal to cover the spread. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> it's hilarious. What that reminded me of. Um and like this is where the you know, the fortunes of a gambler can rest in, uh, on tiny little things. So do you understand what that reference is, covering the spread? Not quite. Okay. It's like placing a line bet in the AFL. Okay. So it's basically they give a margin. Team yep. needs to either win by that much or lose by less than that yep. much. And it made me think back to the two thousand and nine grand final. Max Rook kicking a Goal after the oh, siren. Oh, fucked up a lot of because, people. Yeah, a lot of people would have put like uh, Geelong by one to ten points or even Geelong by six points or whatever it was. And then the siren's over. And you think, oh, yep, fantastic. I've won that bet. And then Max Rook's like, no, I'm just going to slot this one for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just ruin everyone by know, changing the margin. Do you know why he did it though? Because uh, he put a bet down for 10 to 20. <laughs> no, no, because his mate owns a pub down along the Gradition Road somewhere. Yeah. And his mate said, every goal you kick will be a round on the house. Oh, nice. So that's why he did it. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and apparently, One round for everyone. <laughs> and apparently, you couldn't see it in the shot on TV, but apparently once he kicked it, he turned to, turned to the crowd and went, two, as if to say ah, two rounds. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> because I always thought, too, like, why would you even bother kicking it? And then when, they, when he told that story, I was like, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so Homer's now bought gifts for the family. I did like that Maggie, Maggie likes the bubble wrap more than the, the stuffed yep. elephant. Yep. It reminds me, we bought shitloads of presents for Jet at Christmas time, mm. but he was more interested in the wrapping paper than the actual <laughs> toys. A few toys he liked. Uh, what's Jet's? Uh, what's Murphy's favourite toys? Squeaky? Uh, yeah, he does love a squeaky toy, but he'll just squeak it to death very quickly. Yeah. Jet, um, Jet loves them so much, he always has to rip the thing out of it. Yeah. And then doesn't squeak anymore. And then they're his favourite to play with, but he does have like... Uh, he had a teddy that we gave him when he brought home that he, he's destroyed so many of his toys but he never destroyed that one thing he would just carry it around and suck on it but it's got to the point now that he's had it for two years and it was falling apart so we had to buy him a similar teddy we put him in a plastic bag together overnight so like the smell would be the same and oh, now okay. he's transitioned into the new one really? yeah I was genius very proud of the fact that that worked that's awesome I've never even thought of that yeah, the smelly disgusting things because they're just always in his mouth and it just looks manky doesn't but it? it just comforts him yeah, no, I can, I can clean it. It's like a little blanket. Mm. For new listeners, Murphy is my uh, 11-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> Very furry. <laughs> um, now, Bart's gift, the shut up, shut up, whatever it is. Kiss my butt. Kiss my butt. 
you can actually get that as an app. We had a listener oh, send really? it in ages the ago. Soundboard. Yeah, that's um, cool. I think you just type Bart Simpson. Just type Bart Simpson to the app store. I'm sure it will come up. I've actually got it on my phone, and it's just got the free buttons. I nice. do it at work all all the time. Yeah, so you can actually. It's for free, I think, that app was. But yeah, the uh, Kiss My Butt, you can actually get it as an app. So check it out. You do it at work all the time. I'm sure that you're not the most annoying person in the tea room. Oh, it's <laughs> I haven't done it for a while for that reason. <laughs> like, Dando, I will throw your fucking phone into the trash compactor <laughs> if you hit that button one more time. Uh, Homer then comes clean about the gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, promise you won't get mad. I promise I will get mad. I always <laughs> do get mad when you promise me not to. <laughs> But that was a good line. I think in the last half of the Marge, Marge was written much better, yeah. in my opinion. Now, Homer, aren't parents supposed to encourage their child when they show talent? It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair argument. Well, if you were in this scenario, I can't see anything wrong with it. Like, I guess maybe if it's highly illegal, what they're doing, I can mm. understand. But mm. now, if my, if my, kid, was, know, if really my w- kid could predict the football <laughs> wins every week, it'd be on television. It'd be a genius. Yeah, but do you want to expose your kid to the dark underbelly of gambling? Fuck yeah. Get them addicted. Make them money. I think every time that they won, just to counteract it, you should play Blow Up the Pokies by the Whitlams. Just yeah. just to let them know there's a downside. So do you think... See, I haven't actually looked into it like this. Do you think Marge's stance on it is not because it's illegal, it's because she doesn't want Lisa to get sucked into gambling as, a, as both. a thing? I think she just thinks it's immoral because any time gambling is referenced, she'll talk about it being illegal and she's always uncomfortable about it. Until she starts doing it until herself. She, yeah, until she gets hooked in it to herself. By gambling. But even that, she wasn't happy about the casino being there. It was just At the that, start? Yeah. But once she started, she got sucked into yeah, it. Yeah, and she just found a coin and gambled by happenstance. And yeah. Then, and then won and then got hooked in. Uh, well, I did love Homer's line here. And it's a nice little, you know, he bought her the Meryl Streep Desire perfume. Or, yeah. Uh, what was it? Meryl Streep. Uh, I forget the name of the perfume off the top of my head. But he's like, the kids are happy. You smell like Meryl Streep. And I got that foot massager I always wanted. Yeah. Nothing bad can come of this. Yeah. <laughs> then it cues the music. And you're like, okay, well, this is where the bad stuff's going to happen. Mm. Lisa suggests they go climbing Mount Springfield. Maybe the Sunday after the Super Bowl, we could hike up to the top of Mount Springfield. The fires in the tire yards really make for some beautiful sunsets. Well, that sounds great, honey, but next Sunday I'm going bowling with Barney. What about Daddy Daughter Day? Don't worry, the new football season is only seven months away. So that's it. You just wanted me to help you gamble. You never wanted to be with me at all. I felt really, I actually felt sorry for Lisa in this scene. It's yeah. not very often that I feel sorry for Lisa, but. For me, Lisa's always a fine line between being annoying and being sympathetic. And yeah. I think they made her really sympathetic in this episode, particularly mm. with here because Homo is a dick. Ah, sorry, football season starts in a few more weeks. You'll be fine in a few more months. Yeah. I just felt really sorry Six for Lisa. Months. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's a long... Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they, they bring her up. She thinks that she's finally got this bond and then she realises that it was... She's just been used. It's, just a, it's great acting from Yali when she says, um, what about Daddy Daughter Day? Like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? And then... Perfect line from Marge here. You're a very selfish man. Yeah. Very realistic. Yeah. It's not it's all it needed. Not over the top, but it's just, yeah, straight to the point. And mm. it just really hits home. It's perfect writing for this moment. And then they had Bart uh, interrupt, or just before, because it's a very emotional scene. Then they have Bart mm. chip in with the, once again, Dad, great gift. He's doing the kiss my butt toy again. Yeah. Did the scene need that? Because to me, it just took you completely out of the moment. You had this really emotional scene of the, you're a very selfish man, and Lisa's all upset, and then... Just chimes. I know they want to have gags throughout the whole episode, but mm. this scene didn't need it, in my opinion. No, I. It, it did feel like it was almost that. It it felt like a where's Bart moment. Yeah. Like that. You know, like Poochie. Like yeah. whenever Bart's not doing something, all of the other characters should be thinking, "Where's Bart?" Yeah. <laughs> like that. It kind of felt a little bit that way. Yeah. 
the only thing that I could think of, though, is maybe if they went straight from you're a very selfish man into Lisa's nightmare without having something in between, that it well, would have just been... a commercial break. Oh, there's a commercial break, I suppose. But it might have been, when you're watching on DVD or watching it as a flow-through, it might have been too dark. Yeah, because the last thing you get before the commercial is Bart's line. And then mm. it cuts to Homer just looking concerned with the music cue. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of what would be the reason they would want to put it in there besides the fact, like you said, that it's needed Bart in there somewhere. It's just going for a cheap laugh, basically, at a time yeah. that I don't know if it needed to be there. Yeah, exactly. I, I just felt like, I'm like, I right here, it took me out of the moment a little bit. Yeah. Because it was just, it was great delivery from every character up to that point. I just thought it didn't need it. So we cut back from commercial and Lisa's having the nightmare of being a gambler. Reminds me of when she, um, I think she marries Ralph. She says, the mama's watching the stories. <laughs> yeah, but she's really fat, obviously, there. Uh, she then decides that she's going to put Malibu Stacy back in the shoebox that she made at the start. Good throwback to the opening scene of the yeah, episode. It was. And then she yells out, I'm Lisa Simpson, and hereby giving away all my ill-gotten Malibu Stacy accessories. I did like that Bart just gets trampled by all the girls. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the scream. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounded very similar to throwback to listeners, long time listeners. That was very similar to the noise that I made when I uh, nearly <laughs> did my <laughs> nearly tore a groin losing my wicket in a game of cricket. Did you yell at it a loud yell when it happened? Uh, I, I'd say the three closest people to me would have heard. <laughs> it would have been so funny. Um, Homer comes in and you th- it's a good bait and switch here you think they're going to finally make up you think Homer's doing the right thing yeah and then you sort of get a, a sense that oh wait here it comes here yeah. it comes yeah now so, yeah. Do you th- who do you think is going to win put me down yeah. <laughs> also great line reading yeah yeah. perfect writing as well yeah that's all it needed put me down uh, now I had amazing acting here from Dan and Yardley and especially when she's yelling at Homer the the animation of well she's not really yelling she's just she's talking she's just very somber uh, the animation of Homer's expressions when she's saying, um, if I love you, Washington, if I don't, Buffalo. It's, it's a brutal line, but I don't think it's overdoing it too much. No. It, it's also, like, it's a very true to Lisa line that she's so in tune with herself that she's like, if if what I think is right is, you know, going to happen, then this is what it is. But there's also a chance that my judgment's being clouded by rage. Yeah. yeah. In which case, I, it could be the other way. Because sometimes I feel like they go a bit over the top and dramatise Lisa too much for an eight-year-old, but here it fit. I yeah. Felt. Yeah. Uh, Homer's then depressed watching the pregame of the Super Bowl. How can you ever be depressed watching the pregame of, like, the grand <laughs> final? Like, I, even when Geelong's not playing, it's just something about the grand final just gets you excited. If the result of that game could potentially mean that you've lost your daughter, that might have put you on edge. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Uh, then the French guys get a cameo here. I completely forgot about this. The guys from France. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't remember their names. Uh, the, names will be behind you. What are their names on the card to your right? See them right there? What are their names again? Look it up for me. Uh, we have Ucalon and uh, Caesar. Caesar. I knew Caesar was one. That's right. Caesar's one of them. Now, they actually get... Make it's it. also got their business part of Maurice. Now, <laughs> now uh, the Simpsons in season 27, in one of the episodes I just watched, they go to France and these guys are a big part of the uh, episode. They're there again. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that they just get... You know, they turn it off instantly and, and I'm thinking put on a Jerry Lewis movie. Stupid! Why? Sorry, Mrs. Why with my... Famidab. Because it sounds like Professor Frink. Did it? Yeah. Sounds like Professor Frink doing the Bumblebee Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, it kind of did a little bit. But and like it reminded me of a joke in North where um the movie North with Elijah yeah. Wood where he's trialling all his different parents and he's sitting in France and they... 
every channel is just a different Jerry Le- Jerry Lewis. Oh, really? Sort of like, the, but like that slapstick style but, comedy. Yeah, because yeah. you don't need the, the language barrier. You don't need like Mister yeah. Bean. You don't. Like my my yeah. grandma's deaf mute, but she loves Mister Bean because you don't need to be able to hear yeah, him. Perfect. Yeah. So as we said, Homer's depressed watching the Super Bowl. He then goes to Moe's because he hears Lisa playing the sax and was like, every note's like a dagger in my heart or something. Yeah. I love Barney here. Wow, baloney. Wow, bread. (laughs) (laughs) Moe won't take Homer's bet. Uh, Sorry, Homer. You can't take any more of my money. I'm uh, out of the bookie business. But Moe, you've been taking bets all... Hey, Barney, how about a free beer? Wow. Don't worry, Moe. I'm not betting. What? Give me that. Oh... Then we get Troy McClure on the uh, the pregame show. I love to hear the line of, the new show is premiering tonight, coincidentally, right after the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just happens all the time. And did you hear why McClure did the sitcom? Uh, no, I missed that. One of the reasons was a bit of trouble with the IRS. Ah, cool. A little Steven Seagal, Nicolas Cage type. Yeah, I didn't just pick up on it until I rewatched paid. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we get the, my favourite line the whole episode. What you got riding on this game? My daughter. What a gambler. You don't hear from Sam very often, the, the bar fly. Yeah, no, you don't. But that's just, that, that's all you need. That's yeah. just, that's it. Yeah. Then we get the halftime show. It's a piss take on just how, well, now they're quite good, but I'm assuming they must have been lame back in the early 90s because whenever they do a halftime parody in The Simpsons, it's always really lame. Yeah, it's always built up as being something great, but I think a lot of pure football fans hate the halftime show because... The Super Bowl every year becomes more and more commercial and gets take. It's less and less about what's happening in the actual sport and more about everything else that goes around the it. Ads so and I feel like that might be part of why it's always viewed so negatively. Mm. I did like that Lisa came in and asked Bart for the score. Shows she's still interested, yeah. even though she pretends not to be. You hate dad is up by a touchdown. Yeah. Then we get the Duff Bowl gag thing. I didn't quite get it. Was this taking the piss out of anything? Like Duff Light versus Duff Normal, whatever oh, it was? Um, I'm pretty sure that was, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they would just have different commercials that were based around that because I'm sure there's something similar in Jerry Maguire. Okay. Um, if not beer, then I think credit cards or something are running down the field yep. in Jerry Maguire. Then we get the, the church gag. Well, I'm glad some people could resist the lures of the big game. Oh, my God, I forgot the game! And then, obviously, uh, Washington win. And great line here from Lisa when Bart says... Oh, I guess you do love Dad. I suspected as much. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was a nice line. It just proved that she just she wanted to prove a point to Homer, but at the end of the day, she knew that yeah. she was going to end up. Well, he's going to know that she loved him. Yeah, yeah. Which was, was a really nice way to end it. And then Homer's line here. Yes, she loves me. She loves me. What are you so happy about, Homer? You didn't win any money. Money comes and money goes, but what I have with my daughter can go on for eight more years. Then it cuts to Homer and Lisa climbing Mount Springfield and... Homer near death. Yeah, it's just a really, really nice... It's, uh, it seems to me like I think this would be a Brooks ending, James L. Brooks. You know, yeah, he always likes to make the, the nice soppy endings. Yeah. But it's just a great way to end the episode. And like I said, this episode was... It exceeded my expectations because as a kid, I didn't like it. I really enjoyed the way the camera panned out as well and you got that nice yeah, little um, shot of yep. Springfield at the end. I love that the tire fire was, was thrown in. Yeah. Um, like they, you know, they're sticking to the geography that they, of things that they've created. Starting to come together now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But it, it kind of had this nice, not pastel-y, but just like that sort of autumn colours, and it was just really nice artwork. But yeah, this episode not as good as the Lisa substitute Homer Lisa dynamic. Well, I suppose it's a bit different though, isn't it? Where it's a different dynamic, yeah. but overall, that's still a better episode. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's a really good episode. Like, um, 
we keep saying this, we're enjoying more and more the Home and Lisa episodes as we get older. I didn't like Lisa the character growing up. I think everyone says they hate Lisa just because it's the cool thing to do. But when you actually look into or you start reviewing the episodes and really start delving into the characters as a whole. She's probably the most interesting one. Yeah. And I think it's the one that I can maybe relate to the most. And I, it bothers me. That <laughs> I relate to an eight-year-old girl, but I just seem to. The way she sees the world, yeah. I relate to that. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that, uh, well, we've already said it, but when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the Look time. Look at that. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> that is mine. You stole it. But hey, that, that, that is a good thing to know. Yeah, it is. You've got to be aware. <laughs> so, trivia. I've only got two questions this week. Two questions for myself as well. And I was annoyed because they were both in the goddamn book. Oh, well, I haven't looked at the book. So yeah. I, I, I was going through I never go got through, one up. I never go through the book. I went yeah, through it. Okay. I was like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, so my first question is, who else had made bets with Mo in the opening scene oh. when he opened the little black book? No, I did. I've got no idea. Uh, Smitty had bet $12 on New Orleans and yep. Barney had bet $5 on Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. Good job. Uh, what is Lisa's favorite song? Oh, it's something blues. I don't know. The Broken Neck Blues. Broken Neck Blues, yeah. I knew it was, knew it was something depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last question is, this was the second visit the family had made to the Gilded Truffle. What was the other episode in which they attended it? Um, did they go there for Marge's birthday? Uh, no, it's Trias of Horror 2, The Monkey Paw. Ah, when they're rich. Yeah, damn. The Simpsons, yeah. right this way. <laughs> yes. Uh, my final one. Uh, what colour uh, was the body paint on the fan wearing a G-string? Um, was it red, white and blue? Just red and blue. I Just think. red and blue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now the trivia is out of the way, it is now time for... Debail! Debail is here! Ooh! Now, before we get into today's mailbag, we had a couple of donors this week that we need to give a shout out to. Nathan Cullen and Susie Pline. thank you for your donations this week. If you'd like to donate to the show, just chuck a couple of dollars our way. It'd be much appreciated to help cover the cost of producing you this free podcast. It's uh, go to fourfingerdiscount.com.au forward slash donate. So thanks again to Susie Pline, long-time listener, and Nathan Cullen. Much appreciated. Now, Mitch, time for the mailbag. Thank you very much, Dan Doe. My favourite time of the week and my favourite part of the mailbag is My Two Cents. I'm Kent Bruckman and that was My Two Cents. We've got a great story that's coming from Dom Castle. Uh, Hi, gents. First of all, I'm going to acknowledge that there's every chance that this story isn't as funny as I think it is. I assure you, Dom, it's hilarious. But you've kind of got to go on a journey with it and put yourself in this position. You know, close your eyes. Travel to another world. Maybe you're in another part of town. You're in a street you don't recognise. And there's a man across the road. Fascinating man. Wearing a tie that's just done perhaps a little bit too short. And maybe has a mustard stain on his jacket. Many years ago, I worked with a... I don't know where any of that came from. I'm sorry. I thought it had something to do with the story. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, it'll help, I think, if you're picturing that. Many years ago, I worked with a bloke who was so unbelievably and shamelessly stingy, he would do my head in on a regular basis. Every day, he would ride his bike to work because petrol was too bloody expensive, which would give him ample opportunity to salvage items he found on the side of the road. One morning, he came in talking about a thong, the type you wear on your feet, like a a flip-flop. Yep. Which uh, he found, which was... Practically brand new. Why would somebody throw out a perfectly good thong? He just couldn't comprehend it. I don't know. I gave it no more thought until almost a week later when he turned up at work beaming with joy. As it turns out, he'd found the other matching thong about half a kilometre from the original. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine the excitement going through him. He said... The strangest part is not that he found the other thong, but the fact that he had kept the first one without ever expecting to find the second. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you wouldn't be, would you? You'd search on the day for like five minutes and you just give up. But you you, just, why would you keep the other phone? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You just never know when it could come in handy. Well, now, please tell me that this guy wore the thongs the next day to work. I don't know. I presume. Like, what, 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 why, for whatever reason, I presume. Why else it, would you keep the thong? Whatever. You, well, you can't be riding the thong. Like, you can't, you've got to have closed-toed shoes when you're on a bike. Otherwise, you'd lose a nail. Safety first. The last thing he wants to be doing is paying for unnecessary medical expenses. <laughs> I've just read a second one as well. I'm sorry. So, uh, normally we don't double up on the My Two Cents, but I've only just re- Sorry, Mitch stopped, stopped talking for a second and just went, no way. I've only just realised that the... the this mail- the same person? No, this is a different one, but the Mail app had collected a few different stories under the same subject line. Ah. So, this was sent back in from Riley in uh, on the 3rd of May. So we're going oh, Riley Usher? Bit. Just as Riley. Okay. Hey guys, just listen to Lisa's pony review. It was great as always. Especially love the Airbnb story. I have a tired ass tale for you. Back in high school, one of our classmates' dad would make a cup of tea in the morning before work, then squeeze it out, hang it on a clothesline, and use it again the next morning. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that is the worst thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> Riley, thank you so much for sending that through. If you have a My Two Cents story, you can send them to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au or you just have a question or just a... We, we refer to them as correspondence. just got something to tell us. Yep. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au yep. and we'll get to it on the next show, hopefully, if not in the future. Uh, I don't know if I can move on. <laughs> I'm done. So, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Uh, <laughs> no, no. no. Let, let's, uh, we do have some questions and we've yeah. got some other things to go through. Oh, this is a question from the other week, actually, and I, I forgot to tell you about it. This is also from Brendan, to Brendan. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, what songs in The Simpsons do you think are the most underrated, especially in contrast to the big hits like Monorail? People seem to bring up the checking in song, I'm Checking In, quite a bit. That's yeah. one I always forget about. He mentioned that. I'm, uh, I really enjoy I'm Checking In. Yeah. Um, well, it tied in with uh, Radio Bard, but Sending Our Love Down the Well was one for me. That I don't yeah, think anyway, doesn't, does it? It doesn't get anywhere near enough credit, and I've no. always really enjoyed it. We don't really see it as a song, do you? It's sort of like a 10, 20 yeah, it's second only, thing. Yeah, it's, it's a short thing, but it's still it's there's a song. enough of yeah. it to think that it counts. Um, I always liked when Bette Midler sings... Uh, I, I like the way Krusty's got the Johnny Carson uh, sort of yeah. stance when he's watching Bette Midler sing yep. Beneath My Wings because it's a parody of the final episode of Carson. I've always loved Krusty doing Send in the Clowns. Yeah. Just the, the send, send in the clouds. The clouds. <laughs> he sings it so dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then um, Mal. Mal walking in. Yeah. They're all ready. <laughs> uh, I love um, you, Krusty. Quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good one. Well, there, there's a couple. Mm. There's the answer to your question, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what else? Sims, uh, Homer doing his uh, Flintstones parody as well. I've yeah, always, that's a good I've one. Always yep. enjoyed. I like that more as a kid. Don't really find it as funny now as an adult. Mm. As a kid, loved it. Emily Wren, we've got to touch base with. So Emily, it's um, gonna be a new pa- a new segment, by the way, on the show. Yeah, so Tinder stories. We're living uh, vicariously through sin- single people that listen. And actually, if <laughs> I've, I've told my friend who's on Tinder and has found a few people where the common a common interest is four finger discount. I was like, you should totally use that, saying that you know, you know, you can introduce them to one of the hosts. <laughs> and see, if, see if that works. But Emily uh, has gone a week using what was it that we told her to use? The shirt. That's right. Uh, my shirt's chafing me. Do you mind if I take it off? She has been kind enough to send in her results. And one of the one of the lines that the guy sent into her was creepy. Oh, it was weird, wasn't it? Something like, I don't, I don't want to see your boobs. Take your shirt off, but leave your bra on because I don't like boobs. Yeah, I don't like boobs. It's like, yeah, that's not going to get you in her pants. Something man. that <laughs> no man has ever said. 
So, Emily sent through <laughs> Principal Skinner looking into the telescope. Uh, telescope. Week one, 29 matches, 14 <laughs> messages, one date, no sighting. <laughs> That's a great response. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, message that she got through. If we meet, you can take your shirt off, but please, but leave the bra on, please. I don't like boobs. That was her favourite response. Yeah. Um, so... Em's going to need to try something else, as is the thing. We, that one obviously hasn't worked, so we've got to go running running ideas. Now, someone, uh, Shawnee Bobs, has sent through one that he used to have, which I think Emily could take over. For a while, my bio was, I sleep nude in an oxygen tent that I believe gives me sexual powers. <laughs> did that work? <laughs> no, he got no hits from that. Um, he did, however, meet a lass who shared his enthusiasm for The Simpsons, would often chat, flirt, and eventually break up using Simpsons quotes. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a few people send in some, tent- some Tinder uh, screenshots, so... I want to make this a recurring segment. We want to see your Simpsons-based profiles on Tinder mm. and whether it actually gets you any action. Yeah. So, send them the screenshots and the details to mailbag at fullfingerdiscount.com.au. We've had a few new listeners contacting us via the Facebook page. We've been politely directing them towards the email. We prefer yep. it that way. So, mailbag at fullfingerdiscount.com.au. It's just the easiest way for us to find them. It is, particularly now that I know that they're grouping subject lines. Yeah. So, uh, I apologize if you sent something through eight weeks ago and I haven't read it. That's purely because it was hidden behind other ones. Now, we've got Aaron Underwood. He says, hey, Mitch and Dando, my name is Aaron from the States. I started listening to you guys about a week ago and I've already burned through five of the episodes. I listened to and watched Flaming Moe's and caught something in the episode that I have never noticed before. Oh yeah, I remember this one. Before Bart brings the liquor bottles out for show and tell, Martin is finishing his presentation of a grass chromatograph. Later, Professor Frink is using a gas chromatograph and finds out the secret ingredient is love in Flaming Moe. So you could infer from that that Martin is trying to figure out what the secret ingredients are for his presentation of show and tell. It's a really, really nice little gag that they've thrown in that, yeah, we didn't pick up on. I don't think no. anyone's ever picked up on. Yeah. So, thank you very much. New listeners coming on board and already, you know, contributing with a little one percenters to make the show even better. If you think you've noticed something that we've missed as well in previous episodes, let us know. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We don't, we don't care if we miss things. It just means that you're, you care enough to actually tell us. Yeah. <laughs> now, we've also got one that's come in here from Tom Hoare. Hey, guys. Uh, loving the show lately. Is your f- uh, Tom is our 500th Facebook like. Yeah. And I love that he has remembered that. Just wanted to ask Mitch when, me, just wanted to ask when I lived in Mackay and why. I'm 16, Tom's 16 years old, born and living in Mackay, definitely leaving as soon as he finishes uni, moving to the capital city. Yeah, so um, Tom basically just wanted to know what I thought of living in Mackay. As for why I lived in Mackay, Tom, I think that's a question that anyone that lives in Mackay should ask themselves. Uh, no, I, I, so my wife was living in Mackay when we first started dating. That was why I moved up. For you know, Mackay's a really lovely part of Australia, but there's not a lot of scope to be able to do the things that I like to do. Like I like to act, I like to make short films and all that sort of thing, and Mackay's a fairly small town. But Tom, I'm assuming you want to get out of there and enjoy a city life because you kind of are I'm, I reckon you'd see yourself as being similar to us. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast for that long, you must be. What's so great about podcasting is you can literally do it from anywhere. So, all it takes is one like-mind, like-minded friend and, you know, you can head yourself down to Brisbane with a following in tow already. Imagine if we didn't meet that night at Bowen Club. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or if I didn't bring up that I like The Simpsons. I remember Ash was like, here's my husband, Mitch. He likes The Simpsons. Oh, here's my fiance, Mitch. He likes The Simpsons too. And I was like... Okay, cool. And then we just started talking about The Simpsons and then it was just spawned from there. Yeah, that's pretty much how it worked. The Christmas of 2014 to 15, we never met. That's how quickly bonds can form. I reckon, I reckon we met probably less than a month before we started the show. A lot of people say, oh, it's long-time friends, we, Mitch. It's like, well, we're not long-time friends at all. We don't. I, well, I think we'd only met two or three times. Yeah, not much. You you emceded our wedding. That was afterwards. That was in July. Virtually by default. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that was in July. Yeah. Anyone that I anyone that I was already close friends with throughout my life that could possibly have emceed was already in my bridal party. Yeah. I was like, well, fuck. I need someone. Uh, Dando knows how to hold a yeah. microphone. <laughs> now, we've got Stephen Donahue writing in as well. So, he um, was questioning how I could possibly call myself a fan of Get This and enjoy Brian Adams. I think that there's some crossover in that Venn diagram of both Get This fans. And I don't know if I enjoy Brian Adams. I kind of... He's not quite as handsome as Tony Martin. I so. faux enjoy Brian Adams. Like, you know, anyway... He has a question for yourself, Dando. Simpsons characters as professional wrestlers. So, he can see Duffman having both the mic skills and the in-ring work down, uh, though he might need to wear a six-pack giant Gonzalez style. But who else would you say that could make that transition and do you have any gimmick ideas for people in the wrestling ring? You actually mentioned this to me just before we started recording mm. and I instantly thought of Mo as the flamboyant manager. Yeah, yeah, just, I really like be- that. Perfect. Just the, gra- grabbing the feet, the chair in the back. Yeah, like c- coming out with a lead pipe when the ref's not looking. Wow, wow, <laughs> I didn't do nothing. Who would be a good commentator for wrestling? Brockman, do you think? Yeah, I feel like Brockman would get the gig. I mean, He'd be the straight man. Brockman did it when the soccer came to sin- the Springfield. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, holds it. Holds it. No, that wasn't Brockman, was it? it. Oh, so it was. He was his yeah. boy, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see the Bumblebee man. Like, just flamboyant commentator off on the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a Spanish announced commentator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else would be a good wrestler? Willie. Mm. I said Willie with um with the football one, cause just because he's buff. It's just yeah, that's uh, true. the obvious one to go Willie's to. Willie's just our go-to man. I'm trying to think of out of the out of the box. Out of the box. Um, Simpsons wrestlers. Maybe Lou. I could see Lou being a good wrestler. Eddie and Lou as a tag team. Yeah, that could, that'd be... That'd be um, the boys in blue. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be the that'd be the team name. Eddie and Lou versus like Lenny and Carl. Lenny and Carl would be a atrocious wrestling team though. Rainier Wolf Castle and it's gotta be someone smaller. Like Rainier's gotta be mismatched. So Rainier Wolf Castle and Jay Sherman would be a good heel. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the little weeds like, I kick your ass and hides behind Rainier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a couple of couple of answers for you. Tom, was it Tom Hall that asked that one? Or no, St- Stephen Donahue. Stephen Donahue. I think Tom Hall's a wrestling fan because he seems to, I think he used to write in a lot of wrestling-based questions. Ah, okay. But anyway, so that's the mailbag for this week. That's the it? mailbag wrapped up. The battery's about to die, so we're going to have to end the podcast. <laughs> that is our review of Lisa the Greek. Hope you enjoyed it. Send all your questions and your uh, feedback for the episode to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Yep. We'd love to hear from you. It's great to hear from so many new listeners, courtesy of the Harry Shearer interview. If you haven't listened to that yet, we are very proud of it, aren't we? So make sure yeah, you give Yeah, I it a was listen. just about to say, please. Oh, I'm sure you already have because we had up our regular previous review for like a week and then we put Harry up for about two days it's and it's it. already had more downloads. <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty exciting. Um, obviously, uh, you know, lots of fans of Harry Shearer out there. I couldn't boost the post either because I wrote shit. I wrote, holy shit, we interviewed Harry oh, Shearer. Right. And Facebook's like, you can't boost a post that uses offensive language. Oh, well, I was like, it. I can't edit it. It's annoying. You well, can't. You change can't, it to cheese balls? No, you can, once you click boost, and if they don't let you do the boost, you can't edit the post so that oh. they will. It fucking makes no sense. Oh, come on, Facebook. I know, I, I sent them an, a message saying, well, if I change that shit to, hey, shiz. Yeah, or we'll, we'll just get rid of the whole, just get rid of that. Change, Just change the first sentence. Can we boost it? Never got back to me. It just doesn't make sense. It just says, not boosted. Hmm. I was like, oh, but it's cool to know that we didn't boost the post and Harry Shearer hasn't shared it or anything and, and it's still got that many downloads. Nuts. Well, if you search Harry Shearer in iTunes, our show is the third thing to come up. I still can't believe we're it's finally possible. number one in iTunes for yeah, Simpsons podcast. That does make me feel I've climbed to the top of the hill. Yes, like we, we're actually number one now. I've climbed to the top of a very small niche hill. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was hard work, but we've it's paid off. Yeah. We finally got there. Oh, I'm going to change our... Coming Facebook- for you, Mark Marin. <laughs> I'm going to change our Facebook banner to I, the number one Simpsons podcast uh, on iTunes. I wouldn't do that. 
Wouldn't do it? I think iTunes is pretty fickle with its rating okay. system. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just leave it as Australia's number one. I think we're Australia's number one. I think it's safe to I say. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. So, thanks, to lis- thanks for listening to our review of Lisa the Greek, an episode that you should definitely go and check out. It's one of the underrated, more underrated ones from season three. Mm-hmm. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Uh, no, I like the Cavs in uh, Game 4. Oh, I was going to mention that. I forgot to ask the question to the listeners. Oh, yeah, sorry, your NBA question. Yes. So Thank God. Yeah, that would have been awful. I know. It's like Millhouse. When are they going to ask the question? <laughs> uh, so, I want to really get into NBA. I'm going to the States later in the year, and I want a team to follow. Now, I want the listeners' opinion on which team should I pick, hmm. going by like their history, yeah. the, who's playing for them at the moment. I, I don't care if they're not that successful. Like Obviously, I want, to, I want a team that's going to see win a few games. Yeah. But what team do you think I should support in yeah. the NBA? So send so, it to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Who, who do you go for in the NBA? If you had to pick a team right now, who would you go for? If they didn't suck so much, I would like to go for the Knicks. Yeah. Um, this is the whole Madison Square Garden, and they are arrogant. Like, New Yorkers are arrogant. and I love the fact that they're arrogant. I don't say that as a bad thing. They, they know they're the best. Yeah. Well, they um, know they're better. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've always seemed like... I've always felt like Boston seemed to have a skillful kind of persona about them. Like Boston reminds me of... Uh, Bird, Pete, Paul Pierce, those guys. Reminds that, me of um, two guys who go on the pizza place. Yeah, right. They both were from Boston. And yeah. They used to go to the games. Plus Nicola, she's from Boston in England. Yeah, Boston. So um, we've got that connection there. Maybe yeah. Nicola can get into it because it's Boston. That's a that's a long bow, but hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I want a team to support when I go over there. I want to buy a, do you call them jerseys? They all go into yeah, jerseys. jerseys. Yeah. I want to buy a basketball jersey when I'm over there. I go to a game. I want, I want it to be my team that I'm supporting. So let me know. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au which NBA team should Dan support. Hmm. And Mitch as well, because you don't support a team, you're saying. No, I don't really. I just kind of float around. I just like watching good games at this point. Yeah. Um, and more about, you know, you try to watch. NBA seems to be like it's a very... NBA versus NBL. NBL shit, but NBA's What's seems NBL? <laughs> more about the more about the individual than the team. Yeah. Like the stars really shine bright over there. Yep. But uh, yeah, so that is our review of Lisa the Great. Let me know who I should support in the NBA via the emails. Now, Mitch, any final words? Green Bay is my NFL team and they always will be. Shh.